0: Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with healthy lifestyle expert, coach, and motivational speaker, Brittany Carbone. Brittany and I had an incredible conversation about the journey she has been on in order to learn the lessons that she's learned and how she is using them to impact so many others now. She really dives into the importance of non-negotiable self-care and pushing people to their highest potential. She urges everyone to place their health and wellness at the top of their priority list and give themselves the opportunity to experience each day with a clear mind and fit body. The reason she can do this is because she spent eight years in the corporate business world as a producer prior to pursuing a career in wellness. She experienced this firsthand, how the conventional way of life takes a toll mentally, physically, and and spiritually. She's been a lifelong athlete. Brittany was aware of her health, but gained more than 65 pounds in a year while traveling nonstop for work. It was then hitting rock bottom with her body that made made it the ultimate commitment to step up in her life. Through Brittany's darkness, she found light. On her journey from plus size to professional fitness model, she obtained a personal training and nutrition certification and found a passion in coaching others to do the same. I commend Brittany on how honest and real and vulnerable she is, and you know I love all of that. She did that in this episode, so she is sharing the steps that she went through in order to get to this part in her journey, and I know you are going to be inspired by her story. Welcome to the show today, Brittany. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I want to give a chance for people to get to know who you are. So I'm going to ask you a few questions first. Where are you from? I know because I like I love this place, but where are you from?
1: Oh, you know. Okay. I'm from San Clemente. I'm from San Clemente, California.
0: I currently live in Santa Monica, California. Okay. So currently now Santa Monica. Santa Monica is beautiful. It's Absolutely good. beautiful. Yeah. And you were just telling me how hot it was. And what temperature was that?
1: It was 118 degrees in LA.
0: Okay. So that's that's just crazy hot. I love the heat. That's hot.
1: It was too hot. And also like our humidity was abnormally high. So it was just like, and I have curly hair. So it was well, like,
0: I know I do have naturally curly hair. People don't like we're, we're looking at each other on the screen, but in that weather, I just let it go because there's just no point fighting with it. Do you have a like favorite book or something that has really been impactful for you?
1: Um, I would say, so this is going to sound, I don't know why I would say this is going to sound something, but, um, I would say you are a badass.
0: Oh, I love that book.
1: Yeah, it was, it's such a great book and it's so, uh, I love the way that she writes. It's so conversational and you just feel like you're talking to a friend.
0: See, I, and the other reason I love that, and I'm looking right at it on my bookshelf. The mm-hmm. other reason that I love that is because it was quick. Like, it just it's just quick pages and quick. Sometimes you get into personal development books, and it's just it's sometimes overwhelming. So, I remember yeah. reading that on a plane ride to California, and I think I almost finished the whole thing. Right, so- and
1: that's a, that's the beautiful part. That's
0: perfect. That's perfect. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra or something that keeps you anchored? Ooh, a favorite quote or mantra.
1: You know, one of my really good friends always says, if not you, then who? Oh,
0: that's a good one.
1: And he says it to me all the time. He's like, if not you, then who? Who's gonna do it? And it just like it actually makes me emotional as I say it. That's a (laughs) really good one. Why not? You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is that's the first thing that comes to
0: mind. I love that one. Do you have a mentor who has impacted your life? Can we somebody know or don't know? personally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, I am sober Mm -hmm. and so my sponsor, um, that has been my sponsor for 11 years. Yeah.
0: Oh, the same sponsor. That's awesome. She's incredible. That's so awesome. We're going to circle back to that story. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to ask you one more question. What drives you? Like what is something that drives you, lights you up, keeps you going and really gives you fuel?
1: I think my own journey. <laughs> so knowing what it feels oh, like, it, it's so funny. I, I'm an emotional human. You'll find out. Um. It's okay.
0: It's all good. No judgment
1: here. All good. I think knowing that the my own personal darkness and pain and hopelessness I felt, mm-hmm. um, and then being able to transform that, it's like I'm driven by the possibility of helping others move through their own pain and use it as their strength.
0: I don't know how we haven't like, Crossed paths before because I—that's exactly how I feel—is that we can take. I mean, the big, the best lessons we have come from our pain, and we can do something with that. So I love, I love, love, love that you said that. So you have been sober for eleven years.
1: Yeah, it'll be yeah eleven. Oh my gosh, so crazy! It'll be twelve years in December.
0: Wow! Can you just let's just dive into your story? Where did so 12, so almost 12 years ago, mm-hmm. take us back, take us back to what life was like. We'll kind of come into that, that process and what you went through.
1: Okay. Awesome. Um, gosh. So I started drinking, I drink for the first time in junior high.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it was very much like, a, I mean, out of a movie kind of, we were in this kid's basement and, or like on this, like, tunnel under his house actually. And the bottle was going around and it was like that crucial moment, like you're going to drink or you're not. And, uh, it was the first time I drank and felt, you know, a part of and cool insecurity went away and all that, you know, the feelings. Um, and so, you know, in junior high, it wasn't like I was, Oh, let's rewind that first night. I definitely like drank too much. I'm per- sure I threw up, like, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it was- you know, messy, but I didn't drink. It wasn't like I was drinking every day or like waking up and drinking as a mm-hmm. junior kid. You know, it was like every few weekends or whatever and wasn't really causing problems. I wasn't getting caught. It wasn't, you know, a big deal. Uh, high school was more of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I started getting in trouble, kind of getting, you know, caught by the parents and that kind of stuff grounded and don't do it again, slap on the wrist. Um, uh, but I played sports. So it kind of kept me in line. Yeah. It was like this, you know, stress all week, And then the weekend would come and just let loose and be myself and whatever. Uh, Let's see. Then I went to college. So I went to a junior college. I played soccer. Again, didn't really drink that much because soccer and wanted to be a good athlete. Then I transferred to UCLA and didn't have sports anymore. And I started working in the action action sports industry where if you're not blacking out, you are not doing it right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So your
0: anchor of sports, like your own sports was Mm -hmm. gone then.
1: Right. I know I'm like speeding through it, but it's it's just so much of the same, just so mm-hmm. much of like stressing and then blackout drinking, stressing, try to be perfect, blackout drinking. Like it was just so the same thing over and over.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then you just said like, how, do you remember at what point you went, okay, mm-hmm. this is not what I want to do anymore.
1: You know, it, it was really in college. I noticed that even if I quote unquote, didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. when I would black out. Cause I blacked out a lot. Like mostly I would say almost every time I drank, I blacked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean like I kind of remembered, like I would remember nothing. There would be a and, point in the night.
0: And did it go like that, that you had, like it just continually ramped up and then all of a sudden it was like, then drinking became and blackout. Is that what that, it was kind of blackout from the beginning. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I overshot the mark like from day one, <laughs> like mm-hmm. everyone would be doing a couple drinks and I would go with the intention and thought that I would do that. Yeah. And then I would turn into a, you know, stage 10 frat boy
0: <laughs> and be like more shots. like let's go. <laughs> Well, but that's it. So that, no, but that's interesting. There's like, you know, again, zero judgment. This is just great yeah. for people to learn from. Um, I interviewed another person who was, who really, I think she's been sober for 15 years now. And she said this, it's just something I heard you say there. She said, I would, I would tell myself, no, I'm not going to go drinking. And then the second I went, it's like, I don't remember anything else for us tonight. Like she was, I just did. There was no gap for me. It wasn't like, I'm going to have wine and this is where I went. And she said, I remember her talking about that in the sense that blacking out was just the norm. And so she knew if she went out for one, that's what the night was going to look like.
1: Yeah. You get to like a level of acceptance where you're like, okay, this is how it is. I mean, I would literally start, I would leave my stuff because I would start like leaving my whole purse at a bar yeah. or I would, so I would start not bringing stuff with because I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to definitely lose my phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, I just it's knew, but I didn't think <laughs> yeah. that I should
0: stop. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
1: So, you know, I, I, graduated college, like I did fine in school and stuff like yeah. that. Again, I wasn't like a roll out of bed and drink. Um, but alcoholism runs in my family yep. and I know yep. it's a progressive disease and I couldn't, I could, I wasn't an everyday drinker, but I was an anytime drinker. If you're like, Hey, it's Thursday night, let's go party. I would say, of course, um, but I wasn't rolling out of bed and that was kind of, and and drinking. So that was kind of the confusion for me. And I didn't get a DUI and I didn't go to jail and I didn't have to go to rehab. And so I thought, Oh, I can't possibly be an alcoholic if I'm able to like control, I'm doing air quotes, my drinking, which, you know, once I start drinking, I can't control it. So.
0: But it's uh, like, it's an XYZ thing. You think, because I don't do this, then mm -hmm. this is fine over here. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But you know what what the truth was is none of my friends were blacking out the way I, I was and the main thing was they didn't understand the feelings that I had mm-hmm. the emotions and the deep darkness that I felt after drinking. They didn't have the same reaction to alcohol as I did where I would go into a week of trying to like get it perfect again because I felt so dark. Mm-hmm. Like it just like my, my whole it felt like the walls were closing in after I would drink the next day.
0: What And what do you think that was? What do you think that darkness was? Well, if you could describe that. I mean, alcohol is a
1: depressant. Yep. So I do think that it just, the way I, I drank and then the, the emptiness, it just, it was a sense of emptiness. Like I, yeah. I it's like a hole. There's a hole in yeah. my inner being that just felt like this is not who I want to be. And I knew it was so not aligned with what I actually want to do in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I just, I felt that pull and that tug inside of myself.
0: And when you had that time and you said that like your friends didn't have that, did you share with them what that time felt like for you so that you could really see that, wait, why is it not the same for other people?
1: I did. And they would always say like, you're being kind of dramatic. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, yeah no, I, it totally, that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. I mean, we're, we're, I was 22 when I got sober. Yep. So we're talking 20, I'm talking about my emotions at 20 and 21 and they're looking at me like I've got eight heads.
0: Well, they, but it's a different mindset, right? Like it's, it's right. such a different mindset. So to do that to me, I think, I think it's incredible at any age when somebody looks at their situations like, okay, this is not working for me and mm-hmm. I'm changing it. But to do it at 22 is even more remarkable because it's not something that it's just, I don't think it's as socially accepted to say, like I'm having an issue with this and I'm going to change this mm-hmm. it's fantastic that you did. So where did you lead up to the point of saying, okay, this is, this has got to change.
1: I had graduated college and I was on, I'd graduated college. I had really hurt somebody. Like I, I acted really out of line. Um, and mm-hmm. so I'd sworn off drinking for 30 days mm-hmm. or for, I mean, I swore off drinking and it ended up being thirty days, mm-hmm. and so at the end of the thirty days, I was actually in Breckenridge, Colorado, and I somebody gave me free drink tickets <laughs> in your altitude. So I had a few drinks and woke up the next morning in a a house, no idea how I got there. Uh, allegedly, they found me in the snow in negative seven degree oh. weather. Wow! And um. I walked out into the living room of this house like very confused. I didn't have any of my stuff and um I, there was a girl on the couch and the words she said to me is don't worry sweetie. I wake up in random houses all the time. Oh, and there's something about that moment that it just went no think this is I'm the, done. What, who am I? I was like hmm. 8 hours late to work <laughs> and um I was there for work and and I Googled blacking out and up came the alcoholic test and I started going to meetings in online chat rooms.
0: Wow. Good for you. Good for you. I'm so, I'm so glad that that exists and that helped because if I think of how many more people will reach out to get help because of that, you know, not being able to, Yeah, it's not an excuse. It's scary to step into a space. It's incredibly scary to step into a space like that. It, It must be. So I'm glad that that's available. And maybe in a sense, her words might be a blessing in disguise because they were just, this is not what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, and you, you hit it on the head because, um, I would not have gotten sober or gone to a meeting had it not been for that oh, chat room wow. because it wasn't even zoom. Then zoom didn't exist nope. 11 years ago. So, or I mean, maybe it did, but it didn't in this capacity. Oh. And so that was the first time I'd ever spoken my truth, like really. And also the first time I ever heard people speaking the language I felt, I just got mm-hmm. the chills. It's like, so it's like incomprehensible demoralization. And I was like, that describes my emotions. I was like, I know that. I was like, that is what I feel. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, see, and what happened then as soon as that happened is now all of a sudden the light switch flips that I'm not alone. Like this, this is, you mean this isn't just me that's struggling with something? Spot on. It's so, that's so, so incredible. Honestly, I just want to give you some space and honor that because I think that that's fantastic to be in that space and decide, no, this is what I'm doing. So what can I ask, what changed in your life when you decide at 22 that, no, I'm so, cause I, I mean, let's be real. Anytime we create change in our life, it disrupts the pattern of who we are around what we do. But at 22, like mm-hmm. that had to be, so what did that look like for you?
1: It was, gosh, it was interesting. Um, you know, my, my inner circle of friends, I've had actually the same like group of girlfriends since, you know, grade school. I mean, one of my best friends is preschool Mm -hmm. and they, two of them were like, yes, because their dad was an alcoholic growing up. So they were so proud and they knew, and they weren't heavy drinkers. And my other friends, because we were young, we were all still partying. They were like, you're being dramatic. My dad was very supportive. My mom was very not at the beginning. She now loves it, but like in the beginning, she's like, "Again, you're being dramatic." Like because mm-hmm. they didn't know the real truth.
0: Um, they only know what they know, right? And if they're right. not seeing that part of you, if they could have seen that part of you in Colorado, maybe that would be different. But yeah, they know what they know,
1: right? And and especially with like my mom, like I just, I know that in the beginning it was like she didn't want me to be broken, you know, and she was just That's like a mom like, thing like, totally, and I felt. I just feel so bad. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, so sorry, mom. <laughs> sorry. I'm an alcoholic, but she's cool. She's golden cool out. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing that changed is my social circle has definitely changed for a little bit. I still was going out though in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really recommend that, but I was still like mm-hmm. going out to the bars and like trying to like live the normal life. But what I realized is a lot of the relationships I have were super shallow. Mm-hmm. And so I had to start, you know, creating different relationships and, and, getting off of the online meetings and going to in-person meetings Mm -hmm. about a month and a half in is uh, when I started to like build a a sober tribe and like start to actually, you know, be with people.
0: Good for you. That's, I just think that's fantastic. You, um, when you went there, so did you then start to create change with your health? I know that, you know, you were in all this, all this sports and teams and everything and all of a sudden now you create change. So what, what came back into your life because of that? well,
1: <laughs> I'm like, I sound like a, an interesting story here. Okay. So what had happened was, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, um, when I was in, in middle school and high school and college, I really struggled with binge eating, dabbled in bulimia, attempted anorexia, like was really trying to catch anorexia. It didn't work out for me. Um, <laughs> I don't joke about that, but you know what I'm saying? it's like, Yeah, I-, I
0: know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, like- I really Yeah. Tried. <laughs>
0: And, um,
1: and so a lot of the drinking was to mask the body image issues and to like break me free of the bondage of my brain. Yeah. And so when I let go of the drinking, we had the eating disorder. And in the beginning, I really did do the whole like health kick and try to eat healthier and go to the gym and all that. And then what happened is I started traveling for work again and I was on the road, expense accounts, not going to meetings, having, not having the spiritual solution, and returning to food. And Mm -hmm. so I actually gained 65 pounds, I think 70 pounds actually in my, the second, I think it was the second year of sobriety. Okay. Uh, And so then now the addiction turned into that Mm -hmm. and yeah, so we went, we went there and then go down that hole and, and it's,
0: but it's one layer and one layer, right? Until we actually get to the roots of the issue, it doesn't, it's just And you're not alone there. That's like, that's not even like, not at all. So we have what we think is the issue. And then we start to realize that, wait, no, that's the mask. And this is the issue. Mm -hmm. And then we have to start to find ways to work through that. So, I mean, I appreciate you. I love people who are vulnerable and real and Mm -hmm. honest. And I think this is fantastic. So I really thank you for sharing with us because I think it's what you said is so spot on and important for people to know that those are the layers that, that can happen. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden you are in a spot where you've gained 65, 70 pounds. Your body has changed a lot. And you know what? I mean, weight gain happens. Things happen to all of us. But if you can recognize that one was being replaced with the other, that no, now we still have an issue. We still have to work through. So then what did you do? So
1: then it was just about applying the same principles with food Mm -hmm. that I did with alcohol, which food's a little trickier, a little bit trickier because you have to eat. So yeah. you can't alcohol. You just abstain. You mm-hmm. just don't drink alcohol. With food, it's like uh, what did my my sponsor said. It's like a alcoholism is like putting a tiger in a cage and locking the cage. Uh, eating disorder yeah. is like taking the lion or the tiger out of the cage, walking it around three times a day, and putting it back in the cage.
0: Oh, now I have goosebumps. That is right? quite the analogy. analogy.
1: It That's- is so real. To go to work on the spirituality for me, a lot, all of this stuff is about spiritual connection with the higher power, universe mm-hmm. source, whatever you want to call it, and, and filling that hole. Because what I what I realized is that that hole and that darkness I felt was just not having connection to something bigger
0: than me. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Whatever, whatever that. Is. Yep, exactly. Whatever that is. Wow. Exactly. So when you started to repair, build that connection, then that helped you to deal with Um, the weight gain and changes, other changes you've gone through in your life? 2020. (laughs) Oh, this year. So we are going to jump in. I want to ask you what your spiritual practice was because obviously it was something that was fairly powerful for you to make the changes that you did do.
1: I I feel like I have to say this part because I I grew up um, seeking a higher power. Mm -hmm. My family wasn't super religious. My Mm -hmm. grandmother was really catholic like very okay. very catholic and i was very close to my grandmother so i did the whole like ccd and got baptized i got baptized when i was 12 and i was i was seeking mm-hmm. um and then my stepmom passed away when i was younger and i had prayed that my parents would get back together and i thought that i killed her so oh. I had, like I believed this oh. for like a long oh. time because I thought, oh, she died because mm-hmm. I had prayed the night before for my parents to get back together. So I stopped believing in God. So I was anti the word God, higher power, anything Yeah, was uh, angry. Was I was angry. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh. so uh, when I came to a 12 step program, every other word was God <laughs> I <It> was like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I don't, don't know if <laughs> I to do this. It was like, don't run. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was challenging in the beginning, um, and then it was explained to me that we got to create a higher power and a connection with the source of our own understanding, and that didn't mean Catholic or Christian or Muslim or whatever God. Mm-hmm. It just meant something that you connected to that was not you. So in the beginning, it was the ocean. I knew ah. that I tried to go into the ocean and stop a wave. I couldn't do that. So I knew the ocean is more powerful than I am.
0: I love that analogy. I did not realize that. And I love that they do that is that it's a connection to whatever is a higher power to you. And what a great analogy for you to use the ocean because it is something you can't control.
1: You can't, I mean, I've definitely heard that somewhere. So
0: yeah. That's do okay. It. Don't take it. It's fine. It's all good. It's very powerful to hear it. And I love that they've done that because it really is like spirituality, we all can mean a number of any different things, right? It can mean right. it's it's a it's very, I think, very unique and personable to each of us. Yeah,
1: and it has to be. And I, I loved when I went from and nothing against um, the Catholic religion, like totally down with whatever people believe. Yeah. But I loved that I got to create this new relationship because I also got to write what I wanted from this higher power Mm -hmm. and the things that I wanted were like a friendship that we could talk at any time. So like when I pray, what I used to have to sit down and do the rosary and all these different things. And now it's like, Hey God, what's our plans today? (laughs) It's it's just like, I'm like, Hey, uh, how can I be of service? How can I show up in the most Mm -hmm. powerful way today? Versus it being so traditional, which Mm -hmm. didn't work for me. So this has been. You know, it's an ongoing and evolving relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it, I mean, it took the weight of the world off of me is what it did.
0: See, I really like this. And I just want to share a second is that I, like when we went through our really difficult time with our kids, um, we're both Catholic. I was baptized Catholic as an adult because I was seeking. I never did have religion. And I really liked the feeling of spirituality and Mm -hmm. feeling of it. And so we actually just got back from a weekend in Montreal and in old Montreal is such a beautiful area. It feels like almost Europe. So Mm. long story short, when we went through a really difficult time, we stopped going to church because there was, there's definitely some anger frustration there that I didn't, you know, like why, why us, why everything that was going on. And we had to get to a space of realizing that like spirituality can mean something else. It can be, whatever is calming, whatever is, you know, makes you feel better, whatever is something that you feel like you're, you're being, I don't know, if someone's watching over you and someone is very, very supportive or however, however you want to look at that. But while we were in Montreal, my husband and I visited a couple of churches and it was just more of like, when you walked in the feeling of like, okay, I just feel like somebody's got this, this is okay. I feel it's, it's, I love that you said that because spirituality, what it means can change and it can change and mean many different things. So I think that that's, just think it's really powerful to to show that.
1: Yeah. No, thank, and thank you for sharing that. It's, it is true. And you're, you're right. I mean, regardless of whatever religious establishment I walk into, it definitely, there is a feeling, Mm
0: -hmm. there is an
1: energy about it that just, it's, it feels good. I like that feeling a lot.
0: (laughs) That is, it's just, it just, it does. It feels like, again, we're not on our own. Um, yes. when you started to then put your spiritual practice back into like whatever it was you were building for yourself, is that when you felt like you were in a space of, I think I've got this now. I think not that I've got it, but I feel like I'm in a better space of handling the, you know, um, any addiction issues or the alcohol, or the, is that, do you feel like was the missing link for you?
1: Definitely. Again, like back to that deep darkness I felt, I really truly believe that that, that hole, it's like they'll say in, in 12 step programs, or a lot of people say just in general, like that it's a God sized hole or a mm. source sized hole or energy sized hole. And I was looking for, you know, it could be anything. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it mm-hmm. could be men, it could be food, it could be gambling, Stopping, spending. Yeah, you name it. I mean, seriously, in all honesty, if you just put whatever your addiction is and 12 step next to it, a program will show up. (laughs) So it's like, it's like, I mean, there's like every possible 12 step program because usually people are seeking to fill something inside of themselves. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was
0: spirituality. That's great. That is great. So then when you did that and you started to put that practice back into place, is that then like, where did you, where did that lead you to after that?
1: When I started, it, I mean, it led me to my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it led me to my whole life because it, it's interesting how much your addiction rents up space in your head and mm-hmm. it immobilizes you. You get paralyzed. I mean, when your whole mind is obsessed with when you're going to get the next drink, when you're going to get, I mean, really what it is, when you're when you're going to get the next relief, when are you going to get relief from your thinking? Because my alcoholism is not, and my addiction or food addiction is not about the food or the alcohol. It's about my thinking, and so it rents so much space when I'm just consumed with how am I going to pull over at this gas station and get enough food to numb out enough mm-hmm. so that I don't have to feel whatever it is I'm feeling, whether I'm happy, sad, glad, anxious, whatever.
0: Can I ask you what is that? What is that about like not wanting to feel? Can just ask. I'm just I haven't had a chance to ask somebody that question. Yeah. So what is that? What is that? is that just wanting to avoid all feeling or is it wanting to what does that mean
1: for me you know, i I've, and i've always said this I've, even before i realized i was an alcoholic i used to say i think i just feel more than other people feel because i feel oh. so intensely i mean it it's just so intense and, and that's where the you know friends saying you're dramatic came from and family saying you're being dramatic because I always occurred to people as dramatic because I felt everything on the core, deep level, whether it was your pain or my pain. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I felt all of it. And I think it's like the not wanting to feel that it's just like, it's, it's overwhelming when you don't have the tools to differentiate other people's stuff from your own. And when you, when you don't have, when you don't have the tools to differentiate from what you need to actually feel and take on fully. Cause it's like, well, I can take any emotion and run with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I, that makes complete sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, differentiating, I, t- I just, you hit something there with like, as a 22 year old or as anything under than 20, 22, you don't know boundaries. Like, why would you know boundaries? You don't know boundaries or like understanding that. Why am I feeling everything? And what is wrong with me that I'm feeling everything? I don't want this. It doesn't feel good. It's too much to carry. So I don't, I'll do whatever I can to distract from that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what, how does somebody who has those tendencies, and I think this is just going to land for somebody right now who's listening. How does somebody who has those tendencies and has struggled with that, how do you deal with 2020? Like how that, oh, god. <laughs>
1: Story, I, I gotta ask it. it now. I'm like, this is a big. I'm like, oh, I have an answer already, and I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. I don't always tell you what question's gonna be, but yeah, just thinking of like 2020, and it is it like we've had many, many heavy experiences in our life, and so this has been okay. Let's change and roll with it. And what are we gonna do? But I have talked to people. I'm not there's no judgment, no comment or anything here. I'm saying I've talked to people like this has been the most horrific thing to happen to them. So how do you handle the energies of the world when you're, when these are easy tendencies for you to, to drop back into?
1: Wow. I mean, great question. I will tell you that in the beginning of all of this, the first thing I did was it got into service. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching like online zoom classes for free yep. or whatever. I was just like, do anything but sit in this because, uh, I live in a studio alone with my plants mm-hmm. and <laughs> when they're telling you not to go outside. And by the way, I'm i I'm a total extrovert. So going to the gym and seeing people and socializing, I need human mm-hmm. connection. So, yes. and then now the AA meetings in the beginning were gone and I'm I like know. my whole tribe, everything is gone. And, um, so I, I actually like kind of lost it in the beginning to be honest yeah. and was brought to my knees and was just like universe source. God, like I need help. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you can, because if I can get through getting sober, I can do this. Yeah. And, uh, my friend Emily actually always says that this is kind of like, um, the 12 step program Super Bowl because we have the tools of one day at a time. She's like, we were, you know, I was like, we're primed for this. She's like, yeah, it's like our Super Bowl. (laughs) We know how to do one day at a time.
0: (laughs) Sorry. That is such a good analogy though, because it's amped up, right? It's just amped up. Yeah.
1: You know, I think that, I mean, for someone to go back to what your, what your actual question was of like, how do you get through this one turn off the news,
0: turn it off i i mean we barely watch any news here but yeah. i just i know and this is not an america canadian thing your news is amplified to it like i just can't i can't do it i can't listen to it it's just no. intense. Like you it's will intense. believe
1: that people are actually aliens in the street or like that they are dying in the street outside of your house because there was a day when i walked outside i was doing an instagram story and i was like people aren't dying in the street. Like I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> believed. It's not funny, but it's, no. but it's, but it's kind of funny <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was just like, I mean, it was just, you would have believed that it, I mean, if I would dare go outside, that like the world would fall. The
0: world was ending.
1: The world was ending. And so mm-hmm. uh, I had to turn off the news. I also had to mute and unfollow a lot of people on social. I'm a huge advocate. I tell people all the time, at least mute the people that you don't want to see. You don't have to unfollow everyone, but if you need a break from seeing someone's story or when people are fear mongering, Mm -hmm. go ahead and mute it. Like just so I, and I started following more puppy accounts. (laughs)
0: Like, oh, the like dogs dog were awesome. Like dogs and videos. I have the, like they pop up on my, my husband will Joe could go to my, like the Explorer page on my Instagram. He's like, what are you watching you know, like dog videos. Why, why are you not watching dog videos? <laughs> Mine's like dog videos,
1: baby Yoda and fitness. Yes.
0: Oh, baby Yoda's awesome
1: the best. And yeah. so, yeah, I think it's like turn off the, the noise because it's, again, it's amplified and we're all in a, especially in the beginning of all this, I think we've turned a corner, but yeah, um, you know, for the most part, people, people were terrified and it's unknown. So of course you're scared. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we have everything on the uh, media and then every question that you're getting from people and, and every conversation that you're having with anyone, it's like, how are you? Are you okay? And then there's food missing from the grocery stores. And it's just like, pandemonium and insanity. And how could you not be scared? So I think it's like uh, journaling and deciphering like what's real right now. So a big mm-hmm. one I do is like, I put my feet on the ground and I literally say it right here, right now, outside or out loud. So it's like, where am I? My feet right now are in my super cute little studio in Santa Monica. I am mm-hmm. absolutely safe. I have a food, I have fridge in my or food in my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm good. I'm just doing a podcast. Nothing serious is going on
0: right now. I love that. I love the, the journal prompt. You just gave me a journal prompt, like, like right here, right now, like what's real right now. What is real? Because we can get stuck in, I don't know how many times. And I say it to people, so I still need to remind them myself. Mm-hmm. They'll say something like, but is that, is that a story or is that real? And it's like, it's not real. It's not real, but boy, is it a good story. Like we can we can really get ourselves ramped up over something that's a story. And before we know it, this thing is completely taken over and it's like, it's not even real. I mean,
1: we had the riots here in in Santa Monica. Oh, I saw, I saw that. And it was, I mean, it that, I will tell you, like there was a moment where, I, I mean, I was ready to buy a million guns and bunker down. <laughs> Because you get really—I mean—it's scary when it's in your backyard.
0: I don't, and this is the thing. I mean, again, we've watched on the news. Like, this is mm-hmm. another whole area. This—I don't want to take you and sway you yeah. not right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. But it's but to live in that chaos mm-hmm. and see those riots would be very scary. Like that would be really scary. Yeah, it's scary. I mean,
1: it was just like everything on top of each other, and and yeah. the the beautiful part is to be able to like go. Okay, it's like it's like, I'm just going to do today. I'm just going to do today. Like, what am I going to do today? And how are we today? You know? Cause yeah. it, I mean, it got, it was weird for a while there.
0: Well, I'm glad you're safe. And I appreciate you sharing that because that I just know that even from here, everything just kept piling on each other. So like everything mm-hmm. was piling on and piling on. And, you know, even, even when we get into talking about COVID, like it's, it's, I don't know how many people right now with the news are like, Oh my God, the second wave, the second wave, my girlfriend's a family doctor and she's like, okay, we don't even need to worry about the second wave. Cause that's like next year. Right. And she's like, just stop, stop. It's not even now. Like it's not even now. So it's just really, again, reminder, like what is right now? What can I control right now? Yes. And how can I create this change? What is my next step? Like what is mm-hmm. my next step? And I can even feel myself calmer just by talking right. in that tone as opposed to like, Oh my gosh, what's happening. Right. And yeah. So you probably, I don't know if you, I, I really, again, I appreciate you saying that, but definitely had to keep certain people out of my circle bubble, whatever you want to call that certain energies Certain, you know, I I said, I was out for a walk with my dog and, and I got off the sidewalk because there was a couple coming towards me. Like we just kind of respect each other's space and the man across the street is screaming because I'm not a distance for a far enough distance away. And we're all standing here looking and going like, I, okay, um, just have a good day. Like, just have a good day. Cause I don't even, you don't need to engage in everything, right? You don't need to engage in every conversation that comes your way.
1: That is spot on. And it's also like what I, what I got present to finally, because I was getting, I would find myself getting really upset when people would do stuff like that. And then I, what I realized is, oh my God, it's real for them. It is real for them. That's their reality that they're in. So I'm like, okay, okay. I have to like, then that turns me into empathy versus being like, listen, (laughs) (laughs)
0: When my first response wants to yell. I'm like, no, Oh trust me.
1: (laughs) There was a girl when I was running out, I swear last little, so it was so funny. And she like screamed at me and like yelled six feet. And for like a mile, I had to like turn off my Italian mafia. I was like, <laughs> I was, like this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I was like, all okay, all all right, I just going to your run. Yeah. Namaste. And uh, you know, it's like, I live a spiritual path, but like I lean so hard in the spiritual path because I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I have like, God, no. crazy thoughts and it, it just brings me back to center. You know. But if
0: you, you like, I love what you're saying here. Not perfect. Of course, none of us are. And you and I, before we actually started to record, we talked about like our pain and our pain and our stories and the lessons that we learned there and how that actually is like, that's what connects us to each other. So we have to lean into that as opposed to like no one else's everybody's got stuff. Like everybody has stuff, but leaning into really who we are Stepping into that space, I think that we can create more space for others to really connect with people on a different level. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you've taken that. I love how you said in your bio, we talked a little bit about this, but like you inspire non negotiable self care. Okay. I am such a creature of like self care is so important and self care is whatever you need it to be that day, the next day, it changes. Right. So tell me what self-care means to you and like non-negotiable self-care is.
1: This all came up because I used to be the queen of busy. I thought the busier I am, the more important I am. Mm. So I wore busy, like a badge of honor. Badge. I'm, like, I'm busy and I have so much going on and like, look how important I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I can't possibly stop and like eat, eat a, a meal that's, you know, good for me. I need to do everything on the go and blah, 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 blah. So I had a whole story about how great it was to be busy and how important I would look. Cause a lot of my stuff was about image. And so, um, my sponsor, again, so much of what I've learned is from my mentors and my sponsor. And, uh, she said, you know, you're going to practice non-negotiable self-care. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? What is non-negotiable self-care? And it's like taking care of yourself on a basic level, mm-hmm. sleep, eating nutrient dense food, moving your body, meditating. And that doesn't mean like, I like to clarify meditating. Cause I used to think it meant, Oh, I have to be Gandhi and be on the top of a spiritual mountaintop. No, I listen to three to seven minutes of, of music that I like mm-hmm. this, like with no words and, um, breathe. <laughs> it's like, that's my meditation. Um, and so those are like my core things. Did I, did I sleep? Did I eat? Did I take care of my spirituality? And then also did I connect? So like going to meetings or connecting with another alcoholic um, or being of service in some way is the other thing that's a part of my self-care routine. So those things, that's my non-negotiable self-care. It's like um, I plan those things first and then I plan my workday around that.
0: Yeah. I love that you've said that. And I think that, did you notice, especially during this time and this crazy time that we've had so far, like sometimes the thing is, is when we're in stress, we... We, our self-care goes in the back burner when actually it should be ramped up. Like we should be doing more. And so did you find that you really leaned into some of your own self-care and what you were doing just to, just to keep yourself, you know, feeling at a sane level to handle what you had going on? In the
1: beginning, I didn't. I actually, in the beginning of the whole lockdown thing, I actually, if that's what you're referring to. Yeah so I didn't, I, what I actually did was the opposite Mm -hmm. and I went into service of other people, but I was resisting sitting with my own thoughts. So I just like stopped meditating, Wow, which was so interesting because I didn't even notice I was doing it until I, until I realized like a month in, (laughs) it's like, Oh my God, I'm not meditating. Found myself wanting to like stress eat and stuff. And I luckily didn't go down that path, but yeah. I mean, I did practice some self-care, but some stuff totally like, just, especially the meditating. I really got scared of my own thoughts because I was in fear that first, like I would say three to four weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, was I appreciate your
0: scared. honesty because I'm sure like everybody was, it's easy to look back now and go, well, that wasn't that bad. We were able to figure it out. But at the time, as we were all in the news, we're seeing like thousands and thousands of people die every day. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is just like, so, and if you are that person, who loves to have that social interaction, as you said, it was like, all of a sudden, that's all gone. That's all gone. Plus, like our normal ways of dealing with stress, were all gone. So connection, people, gyms, all those things, it was just, it was just a new way of figuring out life. It was a very, very bizarre time. So yes, I appreciate you saying you stepped away from it in being honest, and then what brought you back? How did you kind of go, nope, this is not working?
1: This beautiful thing called pain. Oh. It was like, I was like, wow, I feel real bad. <laughs> I don't feel I don't very like good. I like
0: feeling bad. I don't like feeling bad at all. I was like, well, this is like almost unbearable. <laughs> I
1: was like, oh, okay. And not like, oh, I'm gonna drink over it, but it just was like, you know, I, I will say too, like my pain tolerance has gotten a lot lower. I used to love to sit in pain and marinate in it and just be like, woe is me. This is so mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And, and it was comfortable because it was normal yeah. and now it's it's like I'm so much happier the majority of the time that now it's uncomfortable to be uncomfortable and so I uh, yeah I just I I once I got in enough pain I was like okay let's go back to the basics here let's get back into step work let's start to meditate again let's make sure that we're really making connections with people let's mm-hmm. start to make play dates like start going on walks with people um,
0: yeah.
1: hang out with humans because that's for me that was a really big thing
0: you have to know what you need and that's great like you do have to know what you need I know that we couldn't get everything that we needed but you have to know what you need and if that's what helps you whereas i I need some alone time like I need some alone time and quiet time to recharge and mm-hmm. so I we have to know what that is and then give that to ourselves
1: right yeah spot on and I yeah. and don't get me wrong I definitely need my alone time I just think that I had such an amount
0: of alone time <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? (laughs) I
1: was like, all right, I'm I'm done with this. (laughs) That
0: was enough. Oh my gosh. So then you took it and you are now helping other people reach their highest potential and tell us a little bit about what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I started off as a fitness coach. I was like doing personal training. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to work at a, um, an energy drink company and, uh, left that job it was like a, a pretty good career situation there but I just felt unfulfilled mm-hmm. so when I had started losing weight people asked a lot of questions they're like well how are you doing this what's going on and, and I found myself feeling so fulfilled helping others do that do nice. that nice so it was such a natural transition um, but I went into personal training because I wasn't really ready didn't know that I could really emotionally hold space or coach people. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, um, morphed into this fitness, nutrition, and then mindset coaching. And now it's like mindset coaching with a little bit of fitness and nutrition talking to people about changing their headspace. And it's, it changed, it's, it's, that's where it starts. The other stuff will, will help you on your journey, but it's like, it starts so much with the mindset. Yeah. Um, and changing and unconditioning the things that we've been conditioned to believe about fitness
0: and health. Oh, and so. I love that. Unconditioning the thing. Yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a really powerful statement. I um, I think it's interesting. I'm so like, just this little bit of time I've gotten to, I've gotten to know you is that. You do have the depth of your story. You do have the depth of everything you have overcome. So it really makes sense that you're going to coach people on like the depth of how they create change. The fitness, it's kind of the extra, like it's the Mm -hmm. extra, but it's not the depth, right? And so that's what it's, I think it's, you would have been in a position of being unfulfilled again, because that's not, you, you wanted more.
1: Right. I love when the body changes as a side effect of the self-care. I, I It's like, that's like my favorite. I'm just like, okay, cool. So your body changed. Awesome. Oh my gosh. You have like little abs now you're excited. You're pumped or oh, your booty looks good. Awesome. So happy that you're happy about that. And your whole life has changed. <laughs> like, it's like, and that's the most exciting part.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, there are times when I start with a client and I will say to them, okay, let's just focus on like what brings you joy. Mm -hmm. because then i want to know like are you actually putting those things into your day and i cannot tell you i don't like tell me if you've experienced this how many clients are like what What do you mean what do you mean by what what do you mean like what does that mean i'm like what what like it's just this whole thing i don't think that people stop to think about what makes them feel good like is that seem? Is that something that you come across?
1: I'm laughing so hard about this because <laughs> my uh, last coaching, like group coaching call, we scheduled out the days. Like mm-hmm. we talked about scheduling your day. Yeah. About scheduling in time to do what you like to do, and yeah. everyone was like, "I don't know, I don't know what I like to do." <laughs>
0: I like, I, I'm serious. Like I, I can't even tell you how many times I see this. I think I was there too, so I'm not judging any of that. That's just I was right. I was there too. But it's it's alarming that that's that that is very much of a norm. Of I don't know. I get up, I get my kids to school, I you know clean up, I go to work, and then if I can, a couple of days a week, I'll do fitness for myself. And they kind of go through their day to day itinerary. I'm like, okay, that's great. But what do you like? Like, what do you actually like? And I just think that we're not even creating space to recognize if we're doing anything that we like to do.
1: Yeah. And, and to about to go back to your point about not judging it. Oh, I was a hundred percent there. Yeah, Like I, I get that as well. And, and I didn't know, I mean, you could, I, I didn't have quote unquote time for anything else than work. Cause I was so committed to being busy. Mm-hmm. I just, again, like back to that busyness. I, I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Cause I was like, well, what if something comes up with work? What if something comes up with my business? What if this, is, and, and still, it's still an opposite action. I still put white space in my calendar of like I don't know what you're gonna do during that time, but you choose something that's not work-related.
0: Well, it's cool because when you do that, you create space for things to happen, right? Like if you keep having your schedule jam, jam, jammed, there's no room for any magic, anything to come in, anything, there's just no space. space. Need space, but space back to silence can make people really uncomfortable. Yes.
1: That's oh girl, yes, you are spot on. Sorry, I was say, girl, girl, it's (laughs) all
0: Yes. It's all good. But that's the thing is we have to be willing to be uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Like that that's it's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's so I love what you're saying there. I love what you're sharing. So now you spend time, do you do group coaching, one-on-one coaching? What do you spend your time doing?
1: I do both. So I run um, a program called the lifestyle method. Nice. And it used to be the lean lifestyle method because it was more fitness. And now it's, we're leading with, um, lifestyle. I love and it. Mindset. Um, but I really just, I love the group coaching. I think there's so mm-hmm. much power in people sharing their emotions together and, and learning from each other. Cause maybe you're not up against something at the same time, but you will inevitably probably come up against that thing. 100%. So learning from other people's experience. And then I do one-on-one coaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, I just, my heart is with the group coaching. I just love it.
0: I, I am, I am the same. I love my one-on-one clients, but I love the group coaching because I just can, I actually get to watch the, like watch what happens and how they connect. And all of a sudden they're collaborating and all of a sudden the light bulbs are happening. And I just feel like this facilitator that gets to watch it. And it's, it's so, it's so, uh, powerful when you get to see the change and transformation that they all go through. Yes. I just yeah. you
1: to give me the chills.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that is some, I love how you are somebody who is taking your story and sharing your lessons, pulling from that pain, like pulling into self-care, understanding how to use it and to continue to move forward. Where else do you see yourself, like do you see yourself growing in the next, like the end of 2020 or into 2021? Do you see it amplifying the programs that you're offering? Do you see yourself doing more with the mindset, even more, or what do you see coming? So there's a couple of things. I mean, definitely want to amplify the program, um, mm-hmm.
1: and make it bigger, but maybe have a couple groups running at a time. Yeah. Um, and then definitely more public speaking. I really mm-hmm. love talking. <laughs> I really, I talking really love talking to a talking. talker.
0: So it's all good.
1: It's all good. You're like, we'll create a podcast. Yeah. Um, I should just create a podcast so I can interview you cause I want to hear your story. <laughs> um, but it's yeah. So I think, um, more, more public speaking. And then I started writing my book.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. That's it. That is a project and a half and I'm so grateful I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, but yes, it's a big, I know it's a whole thing. (laughs) It is, but you'll be, you'll be great at it because it really, the best thing you have to do when you're writing a book is you this is the thing. And we do it as coaches too, is that we like to tell people what we can offer to help them really because we care. We want them, but it's so important that we look at it from the reader's point of view, or that we look at it through the customer's point of view. And what is it that they're going to receive? And it's really about how did we move from like point A pain to point B change. And they want to see it from that perspective of like, cause that's how they resonate, right? They can see themselves in your story. Mm-hmm. They can feel themselves. So it's such a different reflection to really dive in and share who we are, but also understand like, what is the reader getting? Like, how do they, how do they pull from that? How do they connect with us? And it's like a vulnerability deep dive is the only way I can describe it. It was such a deep dive, like the biggest Biggest platform I could think of imagining. And then it was like 10 times bigger, it was <laughs> but it was a, it was a great learning more about myself experience. So yeah, nice. which makes you even better at everything else that you're doing. So I commend you on jumping into that because <laughs> it's, we need more women. I say women, but it doesn't have to be women, but we need more women who are willing to share their stories. I I really strongly believe in that in stories. I think the more that we have that can share that, the more we can connect with each other. And I think that that's, I think it's a big, big step for all of us to take. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You are, um, where can people find you? Like, where's the best place for people to find you and connect with you?
1: So, and and definitely Instagram. (laughs) Is it Instagram? Instagram, Yeah, Instagram is my jam. I love Mm it. Um, I am finally starting my YouTube channel. Um, Oh, good for you. Yeah. So that's finally, that's finally happening should be the second week of October. So I'm still start still filming and editing and all that stuff. So, um, that will be starting, but but Instagram, I'm Insta storying and Instagram lives and all that stuff.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I have really, I'll make sure I have everything connected in the show notes. I've really enjoyed connecting with you today and learning more about your story. And I thank you so much for being so real and honest with us because that's how we all continue to grow, right? Is we, we really realize how more connected we are than we believe that we are. Can I have a question? I have two questions for you to round off. Is what like what does impact mean to you, and what kind of impact would you like to leave? Mm, What does impact
1: mean to me? I think it's just really the being able to like intensely connect and help someone be or be a catalyst to someone's transformation. Mm. Like, how do I how do I word this? So, being impact is like can you connect with someone on a deep level? In, in a way that in that is a catalyst for their change.
0: Yeah. I love that. Absolutely love that because it's not about us making it happen for them. It's more about how can you facilitate, how can you, you know, whether it's just showing certain words, certain things that maybe just helps them see what's possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Spot on. Absolutely. And I, th- I think as far as like the impact that I want to make, it's that, um, it's that like, success and joy and happiness aren't unique to specific people. Mm-hmm. It's not like, Oh, I was born and you have it yes. like the people that have it, the it factor. I, I like, don't love the it factor word because I think it makes people feel excluded from not having whatever that is.
0: Yeah. But
1: I think that the it, the it factor is developed. And I think that it's, um, being so real and vulnerable and open mm-hmm. and available that you attract people. That You're just so authentically yourself that you have it. You're, you are someone who people want to be or be like, or, or whatever that is, or want to emulate because you are so just authentically you.
0: Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful message. That's beautiful message. Can I ask you the last question I want to ask you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for?
1: Oh gosh. I mean, seriously, all of them. I think at the root of all of them, oh God, <laughs> I'm like, there's got to be a tear that comes out in this whole thing <laughs> but it, that the biggest lesson, it, it's really a culmination of everything. And at the base of it all is that I am so, it's okay for me to be me. Mm. Oh. It is okay. Like it's, I'm allowed to, and if people don't like it, that's okay. And doesn't make me any less. No. I'm allowed hey. to be me.
0: I love, I have goosebumps from that. I really, really love that. Like it's okay for me to be me and Mm -hmm. it's okay if people don't like it. It's okay if like they don't, there's nothing wrong with them if they don't like it. It's just not, not something you have to get, you know, don't have to consume, don't have to get in trouble with, don't have to fight with. It's just, it doesn't matter. It's all good.
1: It's all good. I mean, I, the like last little tiny thing that I'll say about that is like, I just imagine that we're all little energy bubbles floating around the world. And we either attracted to each other or we're not, it's not personal. It's not because someone's bad or wrong or that you're bad or wrong. It's just that you might not align. And, and that's like the, for me has been the most freeing thing is like, if you come into my space, awesome. And if I come into your space, awesome. If we collide and connect and it's so exciting, great. And if we, we don't, and we can feel that, that's okay too. It's like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. I love that. I love
0: that. On that, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for being here. Brittany, I'll make sure that everything is connected in the show notes. People can know where to reach you and find you. And I'm super grateful that our paths cross. The same. And thank you
1: so much. It's been an honor to be on your podcast.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for being real and sharing your story. Of course.